1: From Cafe Vermilionville in Lafayette, we're out to lunch with Professor of Finance and Director of the award winning Vulcan Road Reports, Peter Raschuti. It's business, Acadiana style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti.
0: This is Out to Lunch, and I'm sitting in for Christian Mater. One of the things we're proudest of in Acadiana is our culture. A big part of it is music and dance, Cajun and Zydeco. There are similarities and notable differences between Cajun music and dance and zydeco music and dance. Leaving aside for the moment the intertwined Akkadian and African influences, one major musical difference, obvious even to people from the outside, is an instrument you hear in zydeco only, and that's the fratois, or rubboard. The rub board didn't start out as a musical instrument. It started out as, well, a rub board. You used it to wash clothes. And then if you put thimbles on your fingers, you could make a scratching sound by strumming it. It was Clifton Chenier and his brother Cleveland who came up with the idea of making a metal or stainless steel rub board. The guy they turned to make it was their friend and fellow worker at the Texco refinery in Port Arthur, Texas. He was a master welder, metal fabricator, and fellow Louisiana native named Willie Landry. Willie's son, T. Don Landry, has spent a lifetime making rub boards under the name Key of Z. He's made around 3,000 of them. They're in the hands of regular folks and famous musicians, like Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top and Rihanna. There's even a T. Don Landry rub board in the Smithsonian. T. Don, welcome out to lunch.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: The intertwined Acadian and African cultures that have given us Cajun and Zydeco music and dance have led us to the relationship between the styles of music and the people who play them and dance to them being referred to as first cousins. First Cousins is the name of a film about this very subject. The film was written, produced and directed by two sisters, Mariah and Alistair East. Both East Sisters, have a Ph.D., and are professional culture historians. Mariah is a folklorist and festival programmer, as well as being the director of the movie First Cousins. Mariah, welcome down to lunch. Thank you so much. Don, making a rub board is not like sitting out back of the house and carving a wooden whistle with a pocket knife. Uh, Cutting and bending metal and stainless steel with the kind of accuracy you need requires specialized skills and machinery. Can you walk us through the basic steps of making a rub board? What does it begin with, uh, getting a sh- getting a sheet of stainless steel delivered?
2: Yeah, well, uh, you know, I used to cut them all out by hand, which I still do a little bit with, with snips, but um, I make so many now I can't, it's, it's too hard on my hands. So I have the uh, stainless steel cut, the sheets cut, and it's all laser cut and everything. And then once I get the material back, to my shop well then I start the bending process that's all done by hand well that is by hand that's all done by hand there's no electricity involved once I get it the only electricity I use is to use my little uh, etcher to sign them because I number them and sign them the (laughs) date it was made number them put my website information on the back and um, and then I polish the edges and everything and I put some edging around the top You know, make it comfortable. And then uh, pack them up and ship them out. And where do they get shipped to? All over the world. Really? All over the world. I have them in every state in the United States. And I have them in uh, Israel. I have them in Africa. I have them in uh, France, Germany, you name it. Are they used for different kinds of music? Yeah, all kinds of music, you know. A lot of people just buy them, I think, to, to hang them up or... Um, just use them as a conversation piece or um, a lot of them are not musicians, you know, they just want them, just saw them at a festival or yeah. think it's cool, <laughs> so they want to try it out, you know, and, and, and stuff like that. So, And you know. are different rub
0: cut for different musicians? Do they have uh, just little idiosyncrasies they want in their particular instrument?
2: Well, you know, I, I, I used to custom make them, but there again, I, I, I don't do that anymore. Uh, they're all pretty much standard size, but um, they seem to, you know, they seem to like my my. The ribs of the rubboard is what makes the difference between mine and other people, and the material, the type of stainless steel that I use, the grade stainless steel that I use.
0: And the ribs themselves are different rubboard to rubboard. Yeah. Board. Mm-hmm. Wow.
2: And the thickness. The, the thickness, yeah.
1: It's different too.
0: Mariah, it took you eight years to make your movie. First cousins. When you write a book, even if you don't have a publisher, you can sell it on Amazon. You can sell pieces of art online without being represented by a gallery. What are the avenues for distributing an independent film? You can give it away on YouTube, of course, but there are, are there other web-based opportunities that you'll actually make your money back? Or to make money, do you still have to go through the old-fashioned way of doing things and get your film into festivals and get a legitimate film distributor?
1: Well, I didn't get an official... Film distributor, but what we did was we ordered a thousand DVDs. We had a premiere um, back in October in conjunction with festivals like Hadien and Creole. And it was an 800 seat auditorium on Jail Hall at UL, and we almost sold out. And a lot of people went home with DVDs that night, so that was a really good uh, kickstart to, to getting them out there. And then uh, I just left this morning, I just went to the Jean Lafitte Center. Um, they've been approved for the National Park Service here in Lafayette and in Louisiana. And so they'll be in four different national parks um, in the state. And then they're in Vermillionville, um, Acadian Village, you know, just some of the local gift shops that we have, tourism destinations. And then later, actually next week, I'll be meeting with LPB to discuss broadcasting. They've already approved it for broadcasting. They, they've asked us to do that. So we're going to go into... The, Conversation to see how that's going to look, but I do want to submit to a few more film festivals, but we've done extremely well We had a we just got a website up. We made the merchandise available through that and we've had sales I've actually I've actually mailed them to people in Japan and uh, Sweden and Denmark and uh, Canada all over the co- all over the United States now,
0: and I your folklorist uh, This is your part of the country, but are there other are other movies inside you people always ask about books and things like that is oh yeah. Yeah, really. Oh, yeah. You've got other topics deep in there. I sure do. Yes.
1: <laughs> and it, and honestly, you know, this was just you know, I had I have had a lot of other ideas for a while, but this film is just one of the ones that I knew had to happen first. I guess it was it was almost like if nothing else happens, I have to pay tribute to my own heritage. Right. And so that was really important and heartfelt for me. And um, and so now that that's done, I'm ready to tackle about ten more. <laughs> oh, great, <Leah. laughs> Which is What's it like working with your sister? Amazing, really amazing. Some
0: families, you know, kill each other in these. Well, kind of we wanted to a few
1: times, but <laughs> she she's really different than I am. Um, we have a very different approach to presenting any kind of cultural heritage to the public. Her specialty and background was with public history, so she's a she's just historian, you know, and she knows yeah. how to. How to make information appealing to your public audience, and at the same time, she's also one of the ones that can go into a museum and read every panel on every wall. And I'm in and out. You know, I want to. <laughs> I want to see something that captures my attention, and then I want to move Actually, on to the next. Sometimes
0: thing. just go to the gift shop. That's
1: really what I do. I love going to the gift <laughs> shop. I like. I like to do that too. I'm. I'm that kind of museum visitor. She's. She's different. So when we were doing this film, she insisted on doing things that I didn't want to include, like building an entire historical context for how this music developed. And I was just thinking, man, you know, this is going to take forever because I had already done interviews with at least a dozen musicians and we had captured their performances. And at this point, we're, we're hitting like 200-something hours of footage. And I was, I was pretty well, much Well, you done. mentioned
0: all the footage. Uh, this I wanted to ask you from a business point of view, there's a lot of upfront costs before you um, actually have something to sell. How did
1: you do it? I was a student. I was a student. So you're very wealthy,
0: clearly, you know, as no, a student. No, 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 <laughs> <laughs> no. No, they, they took pity on me. <laughs> you know, they know how much money you don't make when you're a kid in
1: college. And so when I started this, I was actually, I had just finished my master's degree at UL, and that's when I had started interviewing different artists about my master's thesis, was about, which was about festivals like Cartier and Creole. So when I got to the end of that, I realized how many amazing stories i had to tell and thought this isn't going to end up in the archives at a university somewhere i've got to get this out yeah. for people to see and that's when i decided to just go back to all of the musicians i had been talking to and say hey we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and tape, tape this and put it on film somewhere and so that's kind of how it got started and um people at ul were just so helpful with me we had students working on it i had people who wanted to put this in their portfolio so the editors not all of them, you know. Some of them were actual, you know, professional right. editors. But for the most part, I was able to work with some incredible, gifted, and talented students who just have a head for this kind of thing. Do you have to do kickstarters, things like that? Or? We did. We um, we did. Um, Bake sales. We we did that, and we we raised we raised several thousand dollars through that. So obviously, it wasn't all and that we needed right, or all that we spent. Even, but, but, hey, you know what? We, we broke even at the end of it, and as far as I'm concerned, that's a success. <laughs> and, uh, I think
0: success for, for you has got to be the fact that uh, you have a rubboard in
2: the Smithsonian. I have, uh, I think, four of them in there. Whoa. And, um, that's so as great. As a matter of fact, my wife and my, my grandson, Whoa. Trey, <clears throat> back when he was in, like, sixth grade, his class went to uh, Washington, you know a lot of the kids they go every year yeah. and um so my wife called up the Smithsonian and t- told them that they were coming to see if it was possible because they don't they don't display everything they have i mean there's no way they can yeah they take it out yeah, or whatever. Right, and, uh, every now right. and, and then exhibits. or whatever yeah and um so the lady said, "Sure, when they are coming, and we 'll set it up so he was the he was the star of his oh, class can you know imagine. I mean. And um, so she's got pictures of it, but they, they, are, they came out with uh, uh, gloves. They wouldn't touch, you know, oh. anything. They, they couldn't touch it or anything. But, so I have them in the Smithsonian Institution. Excuse me. I have them in, um, <laughs> I have them in museums all over the world. You um, know,
0: how, how much does a rub board cost? It
2: depends. I have, you know, I have my little small one that I have a provisional patent on that one. The T-Don board is called. Those start from 35 to 40 and then you go up to the child size board, that one's around 115, and then they go up from there 135, 150, 160, all the way up to right at 200 dollars a piece. And rubbers,
0: they have different tunings.
2: Yes, yeah, in the key of Z. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good thinking. That's not right.
2: It's in the key of Z. Oh. Um, no, nah, um, you know they have a note. I'm sure, but. It's, it's, it, rub board is mostly an a company instrument, you know?
1: I always tell the guys, hey, y'all, give yeah. me a second. I got to tune this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: I, like I tell people, it's the, it's the most fun you can have with your clothes on. <laughs> playing it or making it? Making it. And, and making it and playing it. <laughs> now, you but got. It's fun to play. You took over from your, your dad. Mm-hmm. Um, is there another generation that's uh, in the wings? That's what I'm thinking of now, because, you know, I'm not getting any younger. And, um. Nobody has really showed any interest because it's work, a lot of work, (laughs) you know, young kids these days, uh, you know, I don't know. They want to sit behind a computer all day. Right, right. But um, we'll see because I want to start traveling a little bit more and, you know, getting away and stuff like that. So if not to take it over right now, I need somebody just to train to like if I want to go for a weekend or like at the end of the month, we're going to California, so I'm i got to shut down everything. I'm shutting down all my, my sales, four different places. And is it just on you the Internet. in terms of the manufacturing? Just me. Yep, just me.
0: Get along with all your employees. I get along That's with all, all my employees. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> going, going yeah, okay. I'm the boss of myself. <laughs> You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. I'm talking with Zydeco Rubboard maker T. Don Landry and filmmaker Mariah East, director of the movie First Cousins about the relationship between Creole, Zydeco, and Cajun cultures. We'll be right back after this very brief break. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. I'm talking with Zydeco rubboard maker T. Don Landry and filmmaker Mariah East, director of the movie First Cousins, about the relationship between Creole, Zydeco, and Cajun cultures. Mariah, you know, I've read so many things that, uh, basically... People writing about how much they enjoyed the film and, and everything you're doing. I saw Zachary Richard said some very nice things about you. Um, when you're distributing this, do you, don't you get the feeling that there's a desire for, to know more about this, uh, this part of the world elsewhere? Like, for instance, I, I'll see uh, Cajun festivals all over the country. Uh, do you think that's an avenue for you?
1: Yeah, we, we've already been invited to, to take it on the road a little bit. We, um, we actually showed it at the Air Force Academy in Colorado. Right. And then we uh, also got invited to show it in Rhode Island at the Rhythm and Roots Festival. So we'll be doing uh, an all-day workshop with Steve Riley, who's also featured in the film, David Greeley, just a lot of different artists from this area. And they'll be doing a music, cooking, and film Dancing workshop, which I'm doing the dancing and film <laughs> workshop. So, wow. Yeah.
0: Sorry, I take it you're a good dancer.
1: I mean, I'm all right. You know, <laughs> right. I've been out there a little bit. <laughs> You've been doing it since you're little, right? Uh, yeah, I remember dancing literally on my dad's feet when I was really little. And then um, both of my grandmothers taught me the basics of, you know, the jitterbug, the two-step. And then my other adopted family, my adopted papa, who named the film first cousins, and that's a whole another story. He. Um, He's in Lawtel, so I'm very connected with that community. And um, I, in fact, I was telling somebody the other day, I said, you know, I said it, I had to have made some kind of history to be the first white, so called, you know, quote unquote, white woman. At Miller's Zodico Hall of Fame to teach Zodico. and then the following weekend I run the I won the rubboard contest at the Yamboli Building <laughs> in <Obelices>. Abilene. <laughs> <laughs> I said, "There's got to be something going on with that," but I love it, It'd man. Be I, live just, at I love it. Slim soon,
0: things are really picking up. Yeah, that's uh, that. Yeah. That is great. They
1: what you know when you were doing that
0: movie, what what surprised you the most? I mean, you had a great you and your sister had a great understanding of the culture. But what did you learn from it? The Experience, I guess.
1: Yeah, you know the experience are just. The well, and both of, of both making some, the film, yeah, of
0: making the film, and because uh, obviously you had to become a little bit of a business person. In uh, yeah, that's
1: this. probably the biggest challenge for me. I'm very artistic, um, very creative, and thankfully my mother's very businesslike, so that kind of has transferred a little bit. You know, I'm a, I'm a fairly organized person, but that was um, that was definitely a challenge. You know, I know like Don's talking about basically having a shut. Down shop when he's not in town, and and that's how it felt a lot. You know, I was the one who had to get music licensing rights. I was getting, you know, the actually editing every second on that was I was there, you know, full hands on. I was asking all of the questions and directing every, you know, set. So it it was just, it was a lot. I don't, I learned a lot through the process. I don't even know what I could say. It pushed you out
0: of your comfort zone a bit.
1: Well, yeah, you know, but at the same time, I, it was something that I just felt so passionate about. It didn't, I don't know that anything phased me. Yeah. I just really felt like this had to happen, regardless of how much information I Look knew how smart not. you're going
0: to be on the next movies, though. <laughs> That's going <laughs> to be. Uh, uh,
1: Mariah T. Dunn, this is the part of
0: the show we call your brother-in-law. You, you've gotten to the end of a long day, and you finally have a few minutes to yourself when your phone rings. It's your brother-in-law. Usually, he only calls when he's got some friends coming to town, and he wants them to, to see if they could stay at your place. But... This time the conversation is a little different. Tidon, your brother-in-law has a great idea for a new version of the rubboard. He's calling it the E-Fratois. It's uh, basically, it's a wired-up gizmo that attaches to the rubboard and plugs into an amp. Instead of playing the acoustic sound of the rubboard, it plays samples of great rubboard artists so that when you play you can actually sound like Cleveland Chenier or Gino Delafosse or Beaujoux's wife Shelley. The beauty of it is it attaches to an existing rubboard, so you can sell it to the 30,000 people who already have a T-Don Landry instrument. Your brother-in-law is in the development stage and all he needs is a couple of thousand bucks and he'll have the prototype ready. What do you say? Are you up for investing in the uh, e
2: Um, I don't know. <laughs> That'd I be my know. answer, too. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a lot of work. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Might be a market no, for it, though. Talking about uh, wiring up a rubboard, board, I did that years and years ago. Really? When I played, I, I, that's all I did for a long time. Well, I had my rubboard board miked to where I could walk out in the audience and play. You know Whoa. what I mean? Wow. So, um, that's great. But people are doing different things. As a matter of fact, uh, I heard at the uh, Festival of Card- uh, International, they had a band there, and <clears throat> they had a rubboard player playing, and he had it um, mic, and he had a like a, a wah wah, pe- you know, a, yeah, right. a, like a, a guitar pedal, to where he could change the sound of it. So that was pretty cool, it's getting pretty advanced. But um, no, getting back to what you were saying, I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, that that would probably, I could probably, I'd, I'd make the rubboard and give it to them, and let them put the electronics on let, it.
0: Let the brother-in-law get it. You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs>
2: But uh, I, I just like to keep it traditional, keep it as an instrument, you know, just to, uh, and, and let people do what they want to do with it. But you've got a
0: great uh, vision on all this because you still play in a band, right?
2: Yeah, I play. Uh, right now I play, um, I play drums. I've been playing drums since I was a kid. But I play drums and sing in a blues band, a local blues band. What's that called? It's called Wayne Blueburn's Band. All right. And we do the blues and um but i played zodico for so long get kind of burn out get kind of yeah. burn out especially um, the, the the zodico that they play in now i like it, it is great for dancing but it's not the most exciting thing to play on the rub board because it's pretty much Double clutching oh, yeah. all night long, double beat all night long. Now it's great for the the dancers and everything. Guitar player, drummer, rubboard player, pretty boring. <laughs> pretty boring. Okay, good for dancers. Because that... good, great for dancers. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I'm I'm more into the uh, Clifton Chenier type. Uh, uh, Nathan and Zodico Cha-Chas, where they, and Buckwheat Zodico, where they put some blues in it. Yep. You know, they put some rhythm and blues, some uh, rock and roll, gospel. You know, they mix it up a lot more, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's where I was comfortable. That was more my style.
0: Well, I think you, being a maker of instruments and being somebody in a band, I think that's got to help. You've played oh, yeah. a lot better.
2: Oh, yeah. Now, Mariah, your
0: brother-in-law has a great idea for a subject for your next film, second cousins the, uh, the <laughs> sequel <laughs> it's about the relationship between zydeco music cajun music reggae and hawaiian music uh he's at the very beginning of researching right now and he just needs a small budget to get him to jamaica and hawaii for a few months so he can do some preliminary interviews for you what do you say are you ready to embark on a second cousins the sequel
1: i mean sure <laughs> <laughs>
2: Sounds like we have the same brother-in-law, huh? Uh, I yeah, think, I think <laughs> we got that same
1: brother-in-law knocking at that door. You know what? I um, I, I don't know that I want to do a second, like a sequel to this. I don't know that I would be interested so maybe in a doing
0: whole, that. Whole separate subject, you think?
1: Yes, the next thing that I would, I, I'm not going to say the next thing, but one of the things that would involve this area. I'll actually, I'll share a couple things. Um, I think that. It would be nice and, and pretty interesting to kind of focus on native culture, like Louisiana native culture, modern day, you know, like the, the modern day powwows, the modern day mentality. Um, and I think also, you know, just the whole trail I'd seen is something that hasn't really been touched a whole lot on. And um, so those, those are a couple of things that I think would be interesting to do at some point. But, again...
0: Probably got a better idea than your brother in law
1: I, I mean I think maybe it's <laughs> my brother in law can can keep giving me good ideas though you never know which one might stick <laughs>
0: <laughs> now what about uh, if, if we, you go ahead and you do a second uh, film for instance you, yeah. you've been you've done the, some of the hard parts that were probably very tough in the beginning you mentioned uh, you know getting film distribution uh, you had to deal with music rights and such I mean is it a learning curve do you think the next one will be?
1: L- oh, yes, a lot easier. The first one, too, I, you know, I was getting a doctorate in the middle of all that. <laughs> my job was res- working on the restoration. Did you and your jo- sister
0: plan this, by the way, to both get a No, she was
1: teaching in Africa, and I was, <laughs> I was actually wrapping up my master's, and I told her we were just, you know, visiting, and I told her, I said, you know, I think I'm going to go get a doctorate just because all this research I'm doing is going to kind of go to not, I'm going to work on this film anyway, I might as well have the credentials behind my name, since I'm going to be doing that kind of work and putting that kind of effort into it. And she thought, you know, she told me, she said, you know, I've always wanted to get a PhD too. So she's the one who got tipped off on this program at Arkansas State, the only heritage studies PhD program in the country. And we, I really liked the sounds of it. It was an interdisciplinary program. And so being that I have more of a folklore background, she has more of a a history background, it seemed like it'd be a good fit. And, you know, what better roommate, conference buddy, research partner than (laughs) somebody that you can yell at and love at the end of the day. So that's kind of what we ended up doing. We ended up going up there and the job that we had was working on the restoration of Johnny Cash's hometown.
0: Oh, wow.
1: And sometimes I was like, we put in 80-hour weeks. I mean, it was insane. We, we established the, the Johnny Cash Music Festival to raise money for the entire Heritage site. We developed the Heritage site and, you know, did all the research for that. Went back and forth to Nashville many times to meet different family members who grew up in the house like his little brother and his sister still around. And so that was such an involved process that the film literally just kind of had to get pushed to the back burner until I could actually focus on that. And then when I came back to, uh, to Louisiana, that's when I was able to really, you know, put the rest of my focus and energy on that.
0: And you're going to be very famous after the show. Do you want people to call you Dr. Mariah or Dr. East?
1: Dr. East or Mariah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <All right. laughs> we, we either know each other or we don't. <laughs> <laughs> Mariah
0: T. Don, there is literally nobody in Acadiana who hasn't danced to Cajun or Zydeco music at some time in their lives. For many, it's a regular ritual. For others, it's the most important, tangible connection to the culture. Mariah, you've captured all these various strands of people in your movie. And Don, you're probably responsible for more toe-tapping and worn-out boot soles than anybody in a 50-mile radius. It's been a real pleasure talking to both of you, and I, I thank you both for taking the time to join me in Out to Lunch.
1: Thank you you're so welcome. much for thank having you. us. We really appreciate it. You'll really
0: enjoy My guests in Out to Lunch today have been Mariah East, the director and co-producer of the movie First Cousins, and T. Don Landry, owner of Key of Z rubboards. You can find out more about Mariah's movie and T Don's instruments by following the links on our websites, krvs.org and itsacadiana.com. Today's show is recorded live over lunch at Cafe Vermilionville in Lafayette. Cafe V is open Monday through Friday for lunch and six nights a week for dinner with a courtyard that sets the scene for fine Louisiana cuisine. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Murrell. Our researcher is Ann Christian. Our theme song on Cue Monsieur Nice Guy is written by Mitch Foreman and performed by Mitch Foreman and Andre Michaud. Our Acadiana business consultants are Pete Prados from Innovate Acadiana, Zach Barker from The Opportunity Machine, and Dr. Blake Escudet. If you want to know what we look like, you can find photos from the show on our website and Facebook page. These photos were taken today by Gwen O'Quest. <laughs> you can get the show as a podcast. You can listen to past shows. You can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, itsacadiana.com and krbs.org. Support for Out to Lunch Acadiana comes from Wyndham Garden, Lafayette, located off Pinhear near Police Saloon, Wyndham Garden Lafayette specializes in events, weddings, corporate meetings, and family reunions. Additional support comes from ABiz Magazine and AcadianaBusiness.com, the essential information source for business decision makers throughout the one Acadiana region. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRVS 88.7 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Cafe Vermilionville for more business,